Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first ever BTL exclusive NFL Conference Championship preview presented by Book It Sports. You're joined by your two hosts, Krabs and Javon Deeb. We are happy to be here for the first ever episode. Stoked to talk about some NFL football this weekend. Javon, right now it's about 8 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday the 24th. We're sweating out some college basketball bets, as we should. Uh, right now I'm watching Furman. Uh, give up a nice little lead here and making this a ball game. Looks like they're only up six to Sanford. Um, by the time I listen to this podcast again, when it's published, I'm sure Sanford uh, would have already made a, a legacy comeback and won this game outright. So, Javon, I know you got a little uh, bet in this Alabama game. Do we have an update on that score? How are they doing? Yeah, it looks like Auburn's down three. It's been a, a pretty back-and-forth game, so it's, it's probably going to go to the very end. But not just sweating out them. I got uh, UVA dominating NC State right now. We'll see how that holds up. And uh, the real GW, Gardner-Webb, with a pretty fat lead as a dog. So sure. excited about that. I'm going to need to see you in my office uh, with that UVA bet after this podcast, <laughs> by the way. We're going to have to talk about that. You guys know I'm a Hokie, and that one hurt seeing Javon pitch that play. But – Hopefully by the time you guys are listening to this this weekend before the conference championship games, these bets would have already been settled and you're already counting your guap from the winnings. Um, all right, here's what we're going to do. And let me explain how this podcast works, ladies and gents. Um, we're going to dive into the conference championship games. We're going to give you guys some interesting tidbits about each game. And then we're going to go over our best bets. Okay, prize pick squares, ATTS scorers. If we've got a winner, you guys are going to know about it. Okay, we're going to let you know here in the next 30 to 45 minutes. Okay. We'll start out with the first game. Super stoked for the Chiefs versus the Ravens. This one is going to be epic. The spread right now is Baltimore minus three and a half. They're minus 200 on the ML. Uh, the over right now is the most bet play of the weekend. Uh, but the total has actually dropped two points, Javon. Interesting movement there um, per Visson. The last time these two teams played was back in 2021. It was actually a 36 to 35 shootout. Uh, in Baltimore, Lamar threw two picks in that game. Mahomes threw three touchdowns, and the Ravens still found a way to win that game. Uh, Richard Sherman, who's pretty much the squarest guy on earth, if you've listened to his takes recently, um, he's fading Lamar again this, this week. Uh, here's what he had to say about it. I'm betting Lamar. I'm betting against Lamar because I've only seen Patrick Mahomes losing the playoffs to Burrow and Brady. It's not about Lamar. It's about Patrick Mahomes. He's found a way to win all these games. Javon, I feel like this is how everyone's feeling right now. I mean, after the Chiefs beat the Bills when everybody was on, you know, Buffalo in that game, everyone's hopping back on the bandwagon, thinking the Ravens are going to melt once again. Um, that is a spot I want to fate. Okay. But to be fair, we got to gas up Mahomes here a little bit. He's the GOATs. Okay. He already has more playoff wins than the Bucks. Sorry, Javon. Chargers, Browns, Jets, Saints, Lions, Falcons, Jaguars, Cardinals, and Texans. That is insane. No chance he loses to the Ravens who always find a way to melt. Right, Javon? Yeah, I think there's certainly a chance. And I would be lying if I said uh, that minus 200 for the Ravens looked pretty enticing. But I think this is a, a completely different story. And for the Chiefs, I'm kind of buying back into this, I don't know, narrative that they've looked better over the last couple of weeks. Maybe they're starting to get going around playoff time. But I think when you look at the games, you start to have to use some context with who they've played in these games. And I guess we'll get a little bit more into that when we talk about some player props in the matchup specifically. But I'm still in a pretty big Ravens headspace right now, and I'm guessing that's kind of where you are. 100%. Look, this team has found a way to fold like a Dollar Tree lawn chair more often than not besides that one Flacco year. Um, nobody thinks Lamar is capable of beating Patrick Mahomes. It's crazy how the public has flipped. 
everyone was against the Chiefs this whole season because they looked the worst they ever have with Mahomes, you know, under center. Um, but people have just ignored that their defense has been elite. Um, and then we get into the postseason. Everyone on earth is on the Bills last weekend. So we know what happened there. Um, and now everybody's jumping back on the Patrick Mahomes train, right? He just won his first road game in the playoffs. Now he's going to go on and win his second one because he's the GOATs. That's all I've been hearing this week. And that is the exact spot and narrative that I want to fade. That's how we make coins. And the Ravens have to be in some sort of slip for you guys, whether it's ML parlay with something, whether it's two units on the money line, whether you're laying the spread. I don't care. The Ravens somehow, some way have to be in your bet slip this weekend because they're going to find a way to win this game and shock the world. Okay, why don't we hop in and talk about some sides here, Javon? Uh, how are you thinking of playing this game right now? I know the ML is very juicy, and that spread is now past that key number. Are you looking to play the spreads? Are you going to lay two units on the money line? What's the deal here? Yeah, so we're recording this on Wednesday night, so I'm going to be looking forward to uh, potentially grabbing this at three if that's available. And I can only assume a little bit of Patrick Mahomes' money is going to come in when you have that key number of three and a half as it stands right now. So. I will definitely be looking to target the Ravens minus three. Maybe I doubt it'll get to two and a half, but in the case that it does, I'll be looking for a, a good ML price on the Ravens there. I will also be looking to hop in live, but that's how I'm playing it. But my favorite uh, side or bet on this game is actually not a side. I don't know if, where Ooh. you stand, if you have a, a side or total that you're liking a little bit more. Oh, I do, but I'd like to hear yours first. What are you thinking about this total? I like the first half under, which I'm going – first half because i think this game has the potential to open up kind of like we've seen you know we saw last week i guess with the chiefs game and the bills but i like defense in this game like you mentioned very popular play on the over and it's moved down a couple points which part of that could be weather it seems like they're expecting a little bit of wayne in uh baltimore this weekend it's cold but nothing like these two teams haven't handled before but rain could be a factor but i think the defenses match up pretty well on either side so like we have a couple of injury concerns, I guess you could say, which Willie Gay is the main one for the Chiefs. That's going to be a really big deal because he's kind of the designated quarterback spy, which when you have Lamar Jackson, that's a really big deal, missing that guy. And who knows how effective he's going to be if he does even play. Seems like he is going to, but again, probably not at 100% strength. But that Chiefs defense still matches up really well. Like they play a lot of man coverage, a lot of bump and run, and a lot of that is with Flagerius Sneed, who's going to be matched up with Zay, Co or Zay Flowers, who – thrives in zone coverage, just like a lot of this Ravens offense does and has shown all season. So I think he's in for a, a little bit of a tough day and not to say he's the only weapon on that offense. Obviously, Lamar has won himself. The run game has won himself, but he's been a, a big reason why they've been able to sustain some offensive prowess throughout the second half of the season. So I think he's going to have a tough day. I think a lot of guys in the slot are going to have a pretty tough day as well. And I think it's going to be a lot of the run game. It usually always is with the Ravens. That's what's carried to them to this point. Uh, so I think you're going to have to be super physical. And I think this is a, a game where you're going to need a lot more Gus Edwards than Justice Hill, which I think oh. what we've seen snap share wise from the last couple weeks is, I don't know if fraudulence is the right word, but I don't think it's an accurate representation of what you're going to get in this game. And uh, Gus Edwards left with an injury, I guess you could say earlier in the fourth quarter against the Texans, but it was really just out of precaution. Seems like he's full go, and I'm excited to back him in this game. So I think it's going to be a big Gus Edwards game. A lot of work on the ground where the Chiefs have been pretty susceptible. So the Ravens are going to do what the Ravens do. And on the other side, I think the Chiefs also are going to come out of the gates and run the football, uh, which they're going to need to do, which Travis Kelsey's kind of looked like he's been back, I guess you could say, the last couple of weeks. He's looked really good. Some could argue that. 
Uh, I know you took him last week, and you're pretty excited to back him and uh, Taylor, <laughs> Mr. Taylor Swift over there. But the reality uh, of the situation, yeah, the, the reality of the situation is he played two defenses that were missing massive pieces across the middle. A lot of injuries across the linebackers. So like you had plenty of chances for Travis Kelsey to eat, and there was really no adjustment that the Bills or Dolphins could have done. And I can't really say the Chiefs were dominant against either team, even in the Dolphins game where they won by 19. They stalled out in the red zone a handful of times. It was the Harrison-Butker game. He's the one who beat the Dolphins. Uh, so now I think Travis Kelsey is going to have a little tougher of a day, and it's going to be a lot more Pacheco, a uh, little Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and, of course, they're going to get their work in the, the short passing game with Rasheed Rice and another guy that we'll talk about a little soon. But I, I think both these teams match up really well. The defenses match up well, and – out of the gate, I think they're going to run the football and make sure they're not the one to make the first mistake in this game. Could not have said it any better. Look, I was going to sell the under, and you might have sold me on the first half under. I don't even know if it's worth my time. Uh, but all jokes aside, the under is a smash in this spot. The last time these two teams played in the playoffs, there was a bazillion points. Um, these teams, look, everyone's talking about Patrick Mahomes. Everyone's talking about Lamar Jackson. Why is nobody talking about these two defenses? I don't get it. Did you guys watch the Ravens game last week? Did you see what they did to CJ Stroud, the rookie of the year? The Texans couldn't even get in the red zone, ladies and gents. This Ravens defense, just watch them. I feel like uh, uh, Ray Lewis and Ed Reed have reincarnated. This defense is buzzing. McDonald has them wired. Nobody's talking about it. I'm a Commanders fan, unfortunately. You guys probably know that. I want McDonald as my next head coach. Nobody's talking about it. I don't think we're going to get him. I don't think anybody's going to get him. He is a genius on the defensive side of the ball, and it's night and day what he's been able to do with this Ravens defense from last season, and they have a lot of the same guys. I think this Ravens defense shows up once again at home. I think they ride the momentum from the crowd. The city of Baltimore needs this win. There's not going to be a single seat open in the entire stadium. It is going to be epic. When everybody is against the Ravens because they always fold and everyone's jumping back on the Patrick Mahomes bandwagon, this is when we fade the Chiefs. When nobody wants to, I'll do it for them. We'll take the freaking Ravens. We'll take the under. Give me the first half under. I wouldn't even mind a first quarter under with how slow some of these games have been starting. You could get in and get out with a quick play there. Uh, either way, points are going to be hard to come by in this game, uh, and the under is a great look. Hoping to see the bets continue to pour in on the over and the total continuing to move down. The reverse line movement is great. It's making me want to put yeah. two units on. Straight love up. nothing more. I think it's uh... – Love nothing more. It's going to be a chess match. It'll be fun to watch because I think it's, like I said, the defensive coordinators from both their perspective, we're not just talking about McDonald and what he's done with that defense, but on the other side too of Kansas City, it's going to be game planning to make sure that they're the one that forces the first mistake. And I think offensively, that's going to be a big focus with both of them knowing that uh, to not be the ones to make the first mistake. So that's that's kind of why I lean the first half under. I think it's going to be relatively conservative in the the early going. And then maybe we see okay. some explosive plays in the second half. Sure. Well, why don't we dive into some prize pick squares? Why not? Uh, there's plenty of options already up on the board. I'm sure there'll be more, um, you know, around kickoff on Sunday. We're recording this on Wednesday, guys, like we said. Uh, but why don't we dive in? I've got a square I like in this game, Javon, and it's probably not going to be a popular one from the public. Okay. You're talking about the Chiefs being conservative on offense. That might be the case early. Uh, but when they're down 13 to three in the third quarter, Javon, Patrick Mahomes is going to have to go and try to win this game himself, probably try to make some throws he shouldn't. And against this Ravens defense, it looks unstoppable right now. I've already seen it. Patrick Mahomes is throwing a pick 
I've got his more than half an interception this weekend. My favorite prize pick square in this game. I've already seen it. This Ravens defense is nails. I know Patrick Mahomes never throws picks, especially in the playoffs. He's unbelievable. But once again, that's another narrative I want to fade in this spot. The Ravens defense will win them this game and win us the under and cash the Ravens ML. Plain and simple. Huge. I mean, I like that. And I was talking about the Chiefs being conservative. That doesn't necessarily mean they run the ball, even though I think they do. I think it's going to have to be a, a little bit different of an approach. So uh, I like Mahomes to throw a pick, and I'm, I'll be taking that with you. And while we're talking about the Chiefs, there's a square that I like too, and a guy that I like for uh, a couple different things. I like Justin Watson this week, which talked about it with, with Kelsey a little bit. The reason why he's been so successful the last two weeks is because of all the injuries that – the Dolphins and Bills have had over the middle of the field a lot with their linebackers. Uh, so now I think with Justin Watson coming off the goose egg last week, which, I mean, you look at the squares that are up, it's kind of something that I always have to play when there's multiple squares up. And the fantasy score is probably my favorite for Justin Watson in case of a touchdown, which I'll be sprinkling that as well. He's up for three and a half fantasy score this week coming off the goose egg and his yards line is 14 and a half. Uh, so I'll be taking more than both of those for Justin Watson. And I think he's going to be that option outside of, you know, the main option is obviously Travis Kelsey. Then you have Rasheed Rice. And then the cast of guys, who knows who's going to do it on any given day. You have MVS in there. He's been incredibly inconsistent. You would think McCole Hardman, after the mistakes that he's had, especially with the fumble last week and near the end zone, he's probably going to have his touches nearly eliminated. I would go out on a limb and say that. Somebody's going to have to reemerge, and it's probably going to be uh, an old friend, Justin Watson, who was once a, a secondary favorite Mahomes target. I don't know if you can even call him that or what that even means, but give me a, a Justin Watson appearance, which he could get his, his fantasy in yards in one catch. What do we do with Travis Kelsey against this elite Ravens defense? I mean, their linebackers are playing out of their minds. The secondary has been nearly elite. Their D-line gets pressure damn near every play. What are we doing with Kelsey? He's had two legacy games back-to-back. -back. Everyone's saying he is back. Uh, but his receiving yards this week is a little bit lower than expected, 62 and a half. I don't know much how much higher you could make it with how mid he's been at the end of the season. But after those last two games when he turned back into prime Kelsey, I would not have been surprised if this was a little bit higher. What are your early thoughts on Kelsey square? Yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense for it to be lower because, I mean, for any tight end, this is one of the toughest tests that you're going to get because he's going to be matched up with – I would assume Patrick Queen a majority of the time, then also a little Roquan Smith sprinkled in there. So I could only assume that Kelsey is going to be out on shorter routes towards the sideline a little more to kind of open up the middle of the field, uh, which I guess that would be good for Isaiah Pacheco because I think he's going to come out of the backfield and sit there. So like I don't want to fade Kelsey necessarily, but I don't think it's the greatest matchup for him either. So my way of fading him is taking – Justin Watson and potentially Isaiah Pacheco, because I think there's going to be more opportunities out there for those guys. I've got one more for you before we move on to ATTSs, okay? Uh, I want your thoughts on Harrison Bucker. You mentioned him a little bit earlier, talking about him winning the game for them against the Dolphins. Even last week against the Bills, he was absolutely nails, drilling both of his field goals, hitting all the extra points. Harrison Bucker has been the guy. If you look at his prize picks charts, uh, he looks really green and honestly kind of sketchy because – I'm sure the public's going to be all over the more thans, but Harrison Bucker, I've already seen him miss a field goal in Baltimore with his fans going nuts. They're going to be so loud and out of their seats. Harrison Bucker is not going to know what hit him. And to be honest with you, points are going to be coming at a premium, premium in this game. Harrison Bucker has been playing out of his mind recently. 
I don't think that's going to continue in this game where we love the under, especially early. I think the Chiefs are in an L game script where they're going to be coming from behind and they're going to need touchdowns and not field goals. I don't think Bunker's hitting two. I like his less than one and a half field goals made. It looks like the nastiest bet right now on the boards, uh, but I'm all in on it. Yeah, I have no problem with that. I mean, I do think it's a, a game where that field goal is probably going to come at the end when it matters. But I, I definitely see if they're going to get long drives against the Ravens, I think they're going to capitalize on that. The thing is, I just don't think they're going to be getting that many chances on the other side of the field, especially early. So that could be uh, – I was looking at that a little earlier because it was interesting where the juice was at the uh, minus 130 oh. towards the under on the field goals made, which was a little surprising to me. Granted, all that he's had through this little run they've had the last couple huh. of weeks. Uh, so, yeah, I wouldn't mind that at all. But before uh, before we go off of props completely or prize pick squares, I would love to tag on to the Ravens side of things because we uh, talked a lot about, I guess, a lot of the Chiefs guys. But I do think it's a really big Gus Edwards week to, today. Like I was saying a little bit earlier, um, going back to the square that I took last week, which he ended with negative one receiving yards on the day, taking his over three and a half receiving yards again, which a lot of it kind of relies on, on his usage because a lot of the problem early in the game is that Justice Hill was getting a lot of snaps and then he got uh, injured in the fourth quarter, didn't come back as a precaution because they were already up big in the game. So the usage wasn't really there, but I think it's going to be in this game. And part of it is because he's going to be used so heavily in the run game and he's going to be in these formations where they need him a little bit more. Uh, so the Chiefs, like I said, do not play a lot of zone coverage. They're going to play a lot of man. With that man comes a lot of blitzing. And when you have a lot of blitzing and a lot of pressure on Lamar Jackson, sure, he's going to use his legs. I think his rushing yards is a, a fine square to take, too. But you're going to get pressure on Lamar Jackson. You're going to have LeJerry Sneed on Zay Flowers, obviously his top target. You're going to have Mark Andrews back in limited capacity. Isaiah Likely is going to get some work, too. Uh, and then you're going to have tough matchups, even if you include McDuffie in the slot. So where does that leave? That leaves a lot of short passing and checkdowns. And Gus Edwards, that square is up again on prize picks after uh, it was up off the double goose egg last week. And now he's off of a receiving yard of negative one type game. So he's uh, he's going to get that four yards and I'm taking it. All right. Tripling down on Gus Edwards receiving yards. That's so crazy. It's just my work, Javon. Plain just my Just my work. All right. Well, we like the under in this game. I know you like the first half under, but – there's got to be one ATTS we like in this game. Is there anybody who's catching your eye who you think is finding pay dirt in this one? Keeping it simple. Right back to Gus Edwards, who I also took for this last week. But I think he's uh, going to be used a lot more in the power run game because that's where the Chiefs struggle. They don't necessarily struggle outside the tackles, which Justice Hill would be used more for. But right up the gut in power formations from shotgun, especially a lot of the teams run on out of shotgun where Gus Edwards has been used. I think this is his game. And if they get down to the goal line, it's going to be probably a little bit of Lamar, but I think Gus Edwards is the guy. Okay. Well, I would have probably pitched him as well. I'm all in on that at plus chick. Okay. Great sign there. Um, after not scoring last week, I believe. Um, yeah. I've got my eyes on a nasty ATTS score. I started it off talking about Mahomes throwing a pick. Okay. If Mahomes is throwing a pick, that means there's a chance somebody returns it to the house. And if they return it to the house, that would cash my Ravens defense plus seven hundo ATTS score ticket. Not saying this is worth one unit, not even saying it's worth half, but if you're in on the Ravens defense like I am, why not sprinkle on plus 700 and this Ravens defense, who, by the way, is going to get a pick in this game to return it, just like Ed Reed did for years. It's written in the stars. 
Okay, everything is aligning for Baltimore in this spot, and I would not be surprised if their defense gets a tutty. Wow. I mean, I could certainly get with that. That would be crazy. That would also be a sprinkle. Uh, yeah, definitely a sprinkle. That would be a W. Gus Edwards game script, though. I do have to mention because I forgot to say it. I was looking at last week's snaps. Obviously, were a little skewed because of the injury and then, you know, the usage, though super conservative. But Justice Hill, 13 rushes for 66 yards. Gus Edwards, 10 rushes for 40 yards. And you look at the, what's the rushing attempt lines for this week. Gus is at nine and a half. The over is minus 130. And Justice Hill is at seven and a half. And the under is minus 130. So potential script leak from the books on that one. And if we get a pick six and that Baltimore defense touchdown score caches, it's going to be a lot of a lot of chewing from Gus Edwards. Tick, tick, tick. Run that clock, boys. Cash that under. All right. I love it. Javon, we just went over a ton. We gave the nuggets about the game. We did sides, totals, prize pick squares, ATTSs. Why don't we give the people a best bet and then we'll move on to game number two. I'll get it kicked off here. Um, Ravens money line, as crazy as that sounds, is unfortunately the best bet in this game. Two units. It is. Okay. The under also would be a secondary best bet if you're not laying the juice there like me. But at this point in the season, I'm just trying to find winners. And I don't really give a hoot if it spreads, what the lines are. I'm picking bets that turn green and the Ravens are winning this football game. I'm in no rush to bet this. I think the Chiefs are going to be public towards kick. I would wait as long as possible. I would imagine this money line is going to move down towards the Chiefs. And when it does, we strike with a two-unit play. Uh, honor, honorable mention, Javon, though, the under in this game I am falling in love with. What is your best bet in this game? Yeah, so I won't, won't keep that an honorable mention for me. I'm going best bet the first half under 22 and a half. That's my favorite look in this game. And then favorite uh, prize pick square is definitely the Gus Edwards receiving yards for the second week in a row. We'll see him get four. W's. Chat, Mahomes is throwing a pick. I've already seen it. All right. Let's move and groove onto the night game. Okay. The Detroit Lions are facing off against the Wagon San Francisco 49ers. The Lions are public, Javon. Okay. They're bringing in over 64% of bets on the money line and spreads. Detroit has been great this season indoors, but they've only played outdoors once in their last 12 games. And they'll be playing outdoors in San Fran for this matchup uh, in a spot they haven't been in in years, decades, you could say. And the Lions, look, if you check the data, if you look into the numbers, they're averaging less than 18 points per game in open-air stadiums compared to over 30 points per game this season, Javon, when they're playing in a dome. Okay, we know Jared Goff is a dome guy. Um, somebody clipped that. Uh, but Debo Samuel is also questionable, Javon, in this game, and that's going to be make or break for the 49ers in this spot because we know how much more effective their offense is when he's out there. He's questionable. He has not practiced yet this week. I do not have a good feeling about him playing from what I'm hearing. But again, it's only Wednesday right now. So let's see and make sure you guys check the Carfax on who's playing and who's not before kickoff. Okay. Um, and I'll leave you guys with this. There's been a lot of hate on Brock Purdy this week after his very mid game last weekend. Uh, but JJ Watt, one of the NFL goats, has been backing him all week. And here's a direct quote from him. Don't discount him as a leader and a guy they look to in the huddle. Some very high praise from one of the NFL's best, Javon. What are your early thoughts? On this game, the 49ers are laying seven points. They're minus 340 on the ML, and this total is sitting at 50 and a half. Yeah, so as of right now, like you said, we're recording this on Wednesday night. It's kind of hard to get a full picture of this game uh, with the Debo injury because that's one of the biggest injuries in this game. I don't think it's the biggest injury in this game, and I'll talk about that in a second, but it's kind of tough because that 49ers offense – 
it's almost as much of a discount as the Lions have gotten on the road when they're playing outdoors as uh, Brock Purdy in that offense without Debo Samuel. He's a crucial, crucial element of obviously the pass game, but also the run game. He's a Swiss Army knife for that offense. So if he can't go, I definitely have some hope as a Lions backer, which I'm probably going to end up on the Lions plus seven, making sure I get to seven. And I know that I'm taking a very public side and doing that, and I'm fine kind of getting to the counter there. Uh, but I do have to say the biggest injuries that I think are in this game is Jonah Jackson and Frank Ragnow, which Jonah Jackson, I believe, is firmly out at this point. And Ragnow is questionable, probably going to play, but definitely going to be banged up. Uh, so the one worry, I guess you could say there matchup wise, is if you're getting pressure up the middle on Jared Goff, that's a scary sight. So, like, I think this is going to have to be for, for the Lions to stay in this game. It's going to have to be a big Jameer Gibbs game. Like, you're not going to run up the middle. Uh, with those injuries there, which is going to be a lot more David Montgomery or would be in theory. You've been seeing his numbers on the books and on prize pick kind of trickle down throughout the week and Jameer Gibbs kind of go the other way. Uh, and then you have the added element there. They want to get the ball out of Jared Goff's hands quick, which Jameer Gibbs is also that guy in the flats to be kind of the check down guy. So I think they're going to have a way to stay in the game doing that. Do I trust their defense? Not necessarily. I think this is a game that, I mean, obviously you look at the 50 and a half, 51 total, there's going to be points. So I think they can hang in with their offense a little bit. I think you're going to have uh, kind of a slower start, a lot of longer drives to kind of open up, and then you're going to see a couple explosive plays, kind of maybe how we saw that Packers game with the 49ers, which a little bit was because of the weather. It was pouring the first time maybe ever in San Francisco but or Santa Clara, wherever the stadium actually is. Um, but, yeah, not the same story this week. It's supposed to be clear. So maybe Jared Goff can actually do something outdoors for once. There's something about Jared Goff in a dome and in an open-air stadium. He is not the same player. We'll see if he can debunk uh, that theory on Sunday. He's got his hands full, okay, and he's got the whole world behind him. Everybody wants the Lions to win this game. They are extremely public, like I talked about before, over 64% of bets on the money line and the spread right now, Javon. A lot of bets on the Lions. A lot of people want to root for the Lions. They haven't been here in a while. The 49ers have been good. Nobody believes in Brock Purdy. I was a Lions guy all week, and I'm starting to flip. I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I am flipping. And if Debo Samuel plays in this game, that's all I'm going to need to see to lock in the 49ers minus seven. I think the 49ers are an unbelievable money line parlay piece. I think as crazy as it sounds, you could even parlay them with the Ravens if you wanted to. And I think both of these favorites are going to end up winning. Do I think both favorites cover? No. That would not be a very crabs comment, would it be? Uh, but I do think both these teams pull out a win, and I am liking the 49ers right now on the spread. But like I said, it's Wednesday, and we're going to need to see if Debo ends up playing. If he doesn't, we can at least get a better line and definitely bet less. Uh, but if he plays, I don't even care if he's you know half strength, 75% strength. It doesn't matter. Him and his presence on the field is enough to cause issues for this Lions team who does not have the best defense already. Okay, Brock Purdy last week, I think he got out all the jitters, okay? I don't think he shows up today when nobody believes in him or this team at all. And I think they feed the heck out of Christian McCaffrey in this game as well, or at least try to. I know the Lions have a decent defensive line. Their secondary is, you know, average-ish. Um, but I do think the 49ers, just like they did last week, try to establish the run uh, with Christian McCaffrey and utilize him. He is the best player on the field. Okay. When that doesn't work, Brock Purdy got the jitters out last week. He's going to shine once again just like he has in every game this season, and prove the doubters wrong. I hate that I have to go against the Lions. They're a great story. It's great that they're back in this game, but that doesn't mean they're going to win, and we all know how this story ends. 
the Cinderella you know, story eventually does come to an end. And the Lions cannot win the Super Bowl or win every single game. I don't think so, at least. I haven't seen it. The 49ers, we called it before the season. This is the team that was going to win the Super Bowl. Why not stick with them? I think they covered the spread as well. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's the 49ers winning this game, unfortunately for uh, – I guess not unfortunately for my Niners preseason Super Bowl ticket, but for my Sam Laporta fandom. I would love to see him in the Super Bowl. Uh, but I don't think he has the uh, the tools to do all that much in this game, which is unfortunate because that might be the key to how they win this game. Uh, never mind, keep it closer within the seven. Uh, so I'm definitely with you. I think the 49ers win this game, but I definitely lean and probably will be on a, a Lions cover. Is there any bias in this one? Because we know you're Sam Laporta's number one fan. Rumor has it the jersey is in routes. Is there bias in this? It's in route. Is there bias? And is that jersey going to make it in time for the Super Bowl potentially? Yeah, it would make it in time for the Super Bowl, but there's not much bias involved in uh, taking the lines this week because I don't even know. I don't really like Sam Laporta in this matchup like I was talking Ooh. about. It's like last week I was all out for his yards, all all the squares and all the props that you could take for him, and he got those in like two drives. Like I, I don't think that's the case against the 49ers. And I told you, like, I'm more of a Jameer Gibbs guy in this game because, like I said, I mean, the the injuries on the Lions offensive line, you're going to get pressure up the middle and you're going to have to get the ball out of Jared Goff's hands quick when you talk about uh, kind of the longer developing routes, which Sam Laporta sometimes is one of those guys. Josh Reynolds sometimes is one of those guys. Same thing for, like, Jameson Williams, more of the deep shot guys. Like, I'm not fully confident that they're going to be able to be in the fold as much as they were, like, against the Bucks who play – a very soft zone coverage and really didn't get much pressure on Jared Goff until the injuries. And once that happened, it kind of flipped the game on its head. And that's when the Bucks they gave up a little offensive surge, but they started making life tough on Jared Goff. And that's when, unfortunately, Sam Laporta did not become as much of a factor. So, like, I think this is going to have to be Amon Ross certainly in the short game, but Jameer Gibbs, I think he's going to make a lot of a lot of runs to the outside again to try and avoid the middle of the defensive line for the Niners. That's going to be getting pressure, and then definitely going to have to be the recipient of some dump downs. So I'm taking his uh, while we skip quickly to props. I guess I'm already mentioning it. Uh, his over 74 and a half rushing and receiving yards is my favorite play of this game. Wow. Okay, you heard it here first, chat. Javon's POD in this game on a Wednesday. Love it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, look, this is a typical buy low, sell high spot. As crazy as it sounds, the Lions right now are on cloud nine. And yes, I'm talking about the Detroit Lions. Right now they are at their peak. I don't know if it can get any better for this team. They are kings right now in their city and they deserve to be. But when does the story end? And the 49ers, let's not act like their defenses look great recently. It really hasn't. They almost lost to the Packers last week and Jordan Love. This defense has not looked as sharp as they can be. I feel like they really haven't for the majority of the second half of the season. It's time for them to lock in. It's time for Shanahan to outcoach Dan Campbell, which if he doesn't, I would be shocked. Shocked. I know Dan Campbell gets a ton of respect, as he should. He's a great motivator, a leader. But there is no better coach right now, in my opinion, than Kyle Shanahan. And he has to get it done against his Lions team and prove to the world that Brock Purdy is that guy. I am buying low on the 49ers. Nobody wants them right now in the spot. Everyone on earth wants the Lions. Um, and the Lions right now, or the stock is through the roof. It doesn't get higher for these boys. Buy low on the 49ers. Sell high on the Lions. As great of a story as it is, 
That doesn't mean it's returning your coins after you bet on them, guys. It doesn't. Okay. Let's pivot to the total. All right. I want some thoughts here on this total, Javon, before we move and groove. Uh, I guess the over is a little bit public, not too much, about 56% of bets, 59% of handle right now per Bisson on the over, but it's early. Curious to see what that line ends up doing before kickoff on Sunday. But right now, it really has not moved much. If anything, it's moved up a speck to the over, maybe a half a point. What are your thoughts right now early on this total? Yeah, so again, it's a little tough to read without Debo. I, I do have kind of a, a similar read to what I think about the Niners game in that I do think it starts a little slow, and I think a little of that is going to have to be because the Lions are going to pound the rock with Jameer Gibbs a little bit, and they want to play ball control. They want to keep that 49ers defense on the field. Whether they're going to be effective enough and able to do that is kind of another question. I think they will be for at least a, a drive or two in the game early, which is a big deal. Um, and the 49ers are probably going to do the same thing, especially if they have Debo. They're going to utilize him in the run game. When he's on the field, he's actually a good run blocker as well, so it keeps them efficient on all levels. So I think this is going to start very slow. I'm not taking the first half under. Uh, I don't love a, a pregame total in this game, but I would love to get in on a live over after we see that Ooh. slow start, which could be, again, very similar to how the Packers 49ers game played out last week, uh, which didn't end up going over, I believe, right? Um, but it almost got there, almost got there. And I think this almost. one is going to play out very similar. And obviously you don't have the weather as a factor. And now you're going to see it actually sneak over whatever that number is. I, I didn't take a live over in, in the Niners game last week either, but I can only imagine you got to a very bettable price. And I think it's going to be pretty similar here. Uh, a lot of the run game early on, and then maybe a, a deep shot to Ayuk and a deep shot to Amon Ra and game opens up real quick. Okay. Chat, stay on your toes during this game. There's still money to be made live. And if we get a slow start, think about targeting that live over. Okay. Javon, why don't we pivot to some prize pick squares? Is there one that's caught your eye? Is there anybody who you can't stop thinking about? Let the people know. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've talked about it enough to this point, but it's Jameer Gibbs. I just think it makes sure. all the sense in the world, not just like I talked about matchup wise. They're going to get pressure on golf. He's going to be the guy. To receive the dump downs, he's also going to be the guy. They want to run outside the tackles. They can't really run up the gut like they do with Montgomery, or at least I don't think they're going to be effective in that manner doing that, which is going to be huge for them to sustain these drives and keep the ball out of the 49ers' hands, which is going to be the emphasis, I can only imagine. Uh, so, yeah, his, his more than 74.5 rushing and receiving is my favorite square by far in this game. Hmm. Would you look to target Brock Purdy at all in this game? I know his passing yards looks pretty high. I know we think the game's going to start slow, uh, but if it starts out anything like last week, he's going to need to come back through the air um, after that slow start against the Packers last weekend. Yeah, he might need to. I'm, I'm pretty, again, without Debo, uncertain of what to do with a lot of the Niners guys in this game, at least the ones that are up as we record this, uh, except for Brandon Ayuk, of course, which – for targeting anything in the passing game, it would have to be Ayuk. I don't feel comfortable enough going to Purdy, but I do think he has a pretty solid day, too, through the air. I just think a lot of it's going to be to Ayuk. So, I mean, I like, if we're talking anybody, I'm looking up the uh, the number to confirm it now, but Brandon Ayuk, more than his 80-and-a-half receiving yards, which the Lions, another team that plays a little bit of zone, Brandon Ayuk's going to sit down in there, especially if there ends up being no Debo or, at the very least, a non-full-strength Debo. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is going to be the guy who uh, also has uh, – I don't know if I've ever seen Brandon Ayuk with touchdown odds this short, which, again, this is 
probably Debo Samuel related at, at Wednesday night, but minus 115, he's sitting out on the books, which I think with or without Debo is, is pretty ridiculous. I think he's the guy that's going to torch that secondary kind of like he's going to have to operate as the number one wide receiver, even if Debo plays and it's not healthy. And you see what Mike Evans did. You see what all these number one wide receivers have done to the Lions over the past, I don't know, really second half of the season. They've been grubbing. I don't see it being any different. Yeah, no chance. I'm with you. That 80 and a half receiving yards line with or without Debo involved right now is insane. Yeah. That is absurd. His touchdown odds are absurd. Okay. Maybe we will be getting some points in this game, Javon. I would not be extremely shocked because, like you said, that 49ers over last week almost got there. I was on it. It was sharp. I thought did not end up getting to the cash counter. Maybe it does this week. Okay. Ayuk also has a touchdown square up on prize picks as well. It's Javon, this is not a, good... a demon. It's not a demon. It is a normal no. square. And if you look at the chart, it's not going to make you want to take the more than I'll tell you that much. And that's when we come in, Javon. And this is how we win. Okay. This is how we win by taking the nasty squares on the boards. And right now, Brandon Ayuk, we got to take him doing something, whether it's fantasy score overall to encompass everything when that drops closer to Sunday, whether it's his Russian receiving touchdown more than a half, which is not a demon. And that's crazy. Whether it's his 80 and a half receiving yards, it's going to be the Brandon Ayuk that just might be. I'd be excited to see it. Any other ATTS scores in this game? I know there's more potential for points in this one compared to the first game we talked about. Yeah, definitely a little bit. I I don't know that I love as many. I I don't even say as many because the only one I really loved in Chiefs-Ravens was Gus Edwards. But in this game, yeah, I mean, I'll definitely be targeting Brandon Ayuk, which last week I thought he was – the recipient of a little play action deep shot after they open the game up. They're never really able to get to that point, which again, a lot of it because could have been because the weather got worse and on and off really throughout the game. And by the end of the game, it started pouring it seemed like every time they had the ball. So yeah, the deep shot never really was there against Joe Barry's defense, which is crazy to say. Uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be there certainly against the Lions in this game. So definitely sticking with Ayuk, uh, and I will be taking Sam Laporte at the score this week. I don't love his matchup yards-wise, reception-wise, really nothing there. But when they get to the goal line against the defensive stuff, and especially when they have good linebackers, they scheme something up for him. And I think this is a, certainly a spot where they're going to have to do that, knowing that, like I said, my whole thing with Jameer Gibbs is there's going to be a lot of pressure up the middle. It's not going to be easy. And not to say Dave Montgomery can't get you two yards if you line up and you want to do whatever on first and second and goal. But – they're very aware of that. They want to get these tight ends out, and especially I love that, not love because we're not rooting for an injury, but Brock Wright is injured and they just picked up Zach Ertz off the street. Zach Ertz ain't running routes, man. He's going to be in there to to chip and block and do the same type of things that Brock Wright was in there for. So if they're running you know, two tight end sets at the goal line, which they very often do, Sam Laporte is going to have to do something. They're going to have to get creative. So I, I do think he's getting in the end zone this week. Okay, you heard it here first, chat from the Sam Laporta whisperer himself. Has to be the number one fan. Uh, give the guys Hall of Fame jackets already. Okay. Give it to him. Um, can I interest you in Christian McCaffrey anytime touchdown score minus 300? I mean, oh, I, have, I have no argument for it. <laughs> that is absurd to just see that line for yeah. anybody to be minus 300 to score. And this isn't the regular season. This is the playoffs. Points come at a premium. Everyone knows that. The totals are a little bit lower. 
That is absurd to say. Minus 300. Give me a yeah. break. I will say, too, like, it's Christian McCaffrey, so no price seems strange, but the 49ers were, what, a couple points more because they're 10-point favorites, and they're playing the Packers, a significantly worse rush defense last week than the Lions, and the price is the exact same. Like, he scored two touchdowns. Like, I'm not sure how much shorter you can make the price in a conference championship game, but I don't know. In my head, seeing the same exact price week to week when you very clearly had a much better matchup last week. Not that you need any confirmation that Christian McCaffrey's probably getting in the end zone, but that tells me he's probably getting in the end zone and he's probably going to do it pretty early in the game. What do you think about a 49ers ML and Christian McCaffrey parlay? And I cannot believe those words are coming out of my mouth because that's the squarest thing I've ever said in my life. But how does that not hit? I mean, I have, I have no argument. No argument. Like, All right. Yeah, he just pumps I'll out touchdowns. It it's it's still weird hearing those words come out of your mouth. It, yeah. Back to back weeks, you had the, the three team parlay of the favorites last week, and then now this. It's like a, people I don't forget. People forget. Look, sometimes you got to lay a favorite. Sometimes you got to take something you don't want to, and that's how you win. But, um, gosh, man, that sounds disgusting. I can't believe I even just said that parlay out loud. Let me go over one more ATTS for you, and then we're going to move on to best bets and close this puppy out, okay? Um, I know you're taking Laporta. Is it weird to see Jameer Gibbs having shorter odds than David Montgomery? I feel like I've seen Demon have shorter odds every game this season. Correct me if I'm wrong because I know you live in these apps. Yes, sometimes. I would say usually it's it's David Montgomery having shorter odds by a little bit, but there have been games where Jameer Gibbs has been shorter. But, uh, I mean – I have to agree with you that it's for a reason. Like, I think you're going to have to get more plays out of Jameer Gibbs to the outside, which, yeah, you have you have Nick Bosa and you have Chase Young on the outside. So I, I can only assume they're going to run that Chase Young side very, very often because it's going to be pressure up the middle. You're going to have one-on-ones, I can only assume, for a little bit with Nick Bosa. I know they're going to have to chip, uh, which maybe Zach Ertz, maybe Sam Laporta, which is another reason why I really don't care for Sam Laporta all that much because they're going to have to help on, on Nick Bosa out there. But, yeah, it's it's going to be the Gibbs show. So I don't mind taking a stab at Gibbs either. If Jameer Gibbs is running on Chase Young's sides, he might have 200 yards on the ground because Chase Young is good for one thing and one thing only, and that is sprinting as fast as he can at the QB. Everything yeah. else he is inept at. If you guys can't tell, I am 100% a hater after he left the commanders um, and for good reason though, because he has a bad attitude and because the results have just simply not been there. They're not. Um, and that guy cannot tackle uh, a parked car. If he tried, um, it's going to be a struggle for chase young on the end. If they give the ball to Jameer Gibbs a lot. And also if you think about it, Jameer Gibbs, he's the flashy new toy. He's the spark plug. He is the, you know, high risk, high reward guy out there. David Montgomery is all reliable, right? He is Mr. Consistent. You probably know what you're getting out of him. You run the ball up the middle. If you need a touchdown, you usually give it to him. Uh, Jameer Gibbs is the opposite, right? Who knows what you're going to get out of him? Could he fumble? He's a rookie. He catches the ball really well, and he's not really just a runner up the middle. Guys, if the Lions want to have a chance to win this game and pull off the upset of the century and beat this 49ers wagon, do you think they're going to have to play old, reliable David Montgomery, who's conservative, consistent, and you know what you're getting? Or are they going to have to let Jameer Gibbs loose? Like, they really haven't done much this season, only in flashes, and when they do, he goes absolutely bonkers. I'm going to go with yeah. the latter. 
And I'm going to take a guess and say that they're going to be using Jameer Gibbs way more than people expect and have seen recently in this game. And you know what, too? Jameer Gibbs is a very similar running style to Aaron Jones, who I was shocked last week to see Aaron Jones get loose as much as he did, which I guess a lot of that was on that one massive run, but he wasn't like terribly inefficient otherwise. Like, I think he looked a lot more explosive than a lot of people expected against that run defense. So they're going to have to use him quite a bit. And if they were smart too, which this is a little bit more on the receiving end of things, they're going to let that pressure come up the middle early in the game and run like screen passes or quick little swing passes because that's the only thing that can stop the pass rush or slow it down up the middle. So if they do that, I wouldn't be surprised to see Jameer Gibbs get some receiving touches like super early in the game. So it's got to be if the Lions have any chance in this game or even any chance to really cover the seven. Jameer Gibbs is going to have to be the guy. And I'm, I'm backing him. All right. Jameer Gibbs, everything, chat. Take notice. Okay. Guys, if you're listening to this on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast, make sure you guys drop a follow, okay? We're going to be dropping these, you know, throughout the next couple weeks, months, giving you guys these BTL exclusives. If you've stayed and listened up to this point, you're about to be rewarded with some best bets in this Detroit 49ers game. Thank you for sticking around, all right? Make sure you guys continue to support us with this new pod as this is the first episode, okay? Um, Best bets. Give me the 49ers on the spread. If Debo plays, if Debo doesn't play, I can't believe I'm going to double down and say this again. Uh, if he doesn't play, I'm going to go 49ers ML parlayed with Christian McCaffrey to score a touchdown. Oh, I can't believe it. That's I can't believe it, but I'm doing it. I can't That's believe it, but I'm doing it. But if Debo plays, which by the way, on Wednesday night, I don't think he's going to. If he plays, I'm laying the spread. If not, I got to go with that juicy grease piece with McCaffrey ATTS and the 49ers ML, and that makes me sick. Javon? What is your best bet in this game, my man? Best bet is Jameer Gibbs. We're sticking with uh, no side in total but a player, and we're going with his more than 74-and-a-half rush and receiving. Feeling great about his spot. And then I will definitely be uh, trying to figure out what I'm going to do in this game because I'm probably going to take Lions plus seven. It's not decided, um, but I will also be looking in-game for a live over potentially start of the second quarter maybe. That's probably what I'm targeting at. G unit style, no sides, just the meat. Jameer Gibbs, no sides. more than more than seventy four and a half rushing receiving yards combo. No sides needed. G unit style, love it. Not all. All right, let's close this puppy out. We went over both these games. I hope you guys found this useful, and you can always go back and re-listen to this puppy on Spotify or wherever you get your pods. Javon, have there been any boosts that you've seen up on the books popping up recently that have made you want to fade? Any of these? Boosts giving you that itch to try to fade you know, one of these court bass plays they're giving out? Not yet. And I'll be, you know, peering all weekend, just like I was super excited to do this past weekend. I don't know if you caught the uh, the boost on the blue book of the first quarter passing yards where they had Lamar and CJ Stroud to both throw for 30 yards, and Lamar ended with 29. And on the very last play where he had a chance to throw for a yard, he ran for like 40. Uh, so, yeah, I'll be looking out for one of those for sure. Uh, but there's none none that are out at this moment Wednesday night that are any, uh, any fade possibilities. But we'd be remiss if we did not mention that there is the free square on prize picks for Christian McCaffrey half a rushing yard, which that's not a discount. So it's not a, a fade designation necessarily. But just to let the people know, you do have that square out there to pair with potentially Jameer Gibbs. Or we could go to a Gus Edwards receiving square, get nasty, something. 
Chad, you better be taking notes. Get your notepad out. Click those pens because Javon is spitting winners left and right. Okay. W's got to take that McCaffrey more than half a rushing yard square from prize picks. W's from them as always. Okay. And by the way, Javon, my roommate had that 30 plus yards boost in the first quarter and I had to sit next to him and watch him go through that. That's dumb. I feel like I lost money on that bet. I felt bad. What a bad beat. I can't believe it. One of the worst. Unbelievable chat. You've been warned. Be careful looking at those boosts. Unless it's something like the McCaffrey one on prize picks where you lock that in with Javon's meat on tape, Jameer Gibbs, more than 40, uh, more than 74 and a half rushing receiving yards, and you go about your day. Okay, and you count your guap, you count your guap. W's. Ladies and gents, we appreciate you guys listening in the first ever BTL exclusive. We just absolutely powered through the NFL Conference Championships and gave you guys winners out the wazoo. Please support the new pods. Drop a follow on the Book It channel, okay? We're going to be coming back here a ton, at least every week, and trying to giving you guys some podcast listens, okay? As you guys are working in the background, we are getting in this space. We appreciate your guys' support, okay? Follow us on YouTube at Book It Sports, at Twitch at Book It Sports. We have a show every single day, BTL Live, 12.30 p.m. Eastern on the Book It Sports Twitch and YouTube accounts. Join us. We're going over winners every single day. And like I already said, make sure you guys follow the Book It Sports Podcast Network on Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. Javon? I know it's only Wednesday, but I am so excited for these NFC Conference Championship games, my man. Let's just hope we end up on top and meet everyone at the cash counter. That's the goal. Going to be some great games, and uh, we'll be seeing. We'll be seeing, boys. Good luck this weekend. Peace.